I had a part-time job at our local radio station over in West Point. I loved that job for a lot of reasons, and one of them is I knew all of the social life that was going on in West Point. I knew when couples were getting together because one of the interested parties would call the radio station. I would pick up the phone and say, WKBB-FM, and the person would make a request for the person that he or she was in love with. And would say, look, would you play this song for so-and-so, but don't tell her who it's from. You know, I, I haven't confessed my love for her yet. And so I would say, Carla O'Brien, this song goes out for you. Well, immediately the phone would light up. And it would be Carla Gary. Who was that? It's Craig Keyes. He really likes you. And so I knew when people were getting together. But I also knew when they were breaking up. Because those people also would call the radio stations and would have some heart-wrenching song of breakup and despair and loss. And I did a lot of therapy. It's when I knew God was calling me into the ministry. I did a lot of therapy on the phone with broken-hearted boys and girls. And they would ask me to play a specific song and say, would you please play it? Have you all broken up? Yes. <laughs> and they would tell me how much it hurts. And I would say, well, maybe, maybe you'll find somebody else. <laughs> I'll never find anybody else. This was the one. She's 14, I'm 12. I knew that this was real love. But one thing never happened. As many Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturdays as I sat in that radio booth, no one ever called and said, would you put me on the air because I have written a song for the girl that I love. Nobody ever did it. They always wanted somebody to sing the words for them. But Scripture tells us that God himself has written songs that he sings about us. I've got a lot to accomplish in a short amount of time today, so open your Bibles, please, to Zephaniah chapter 3. Zephaniah is an Old Testament verse, and we don't turn to that book very often. You may have never heard a sermon from it, so if you have the right Bible, it's on page 852. <laughs> you may need to look in the table of contents. Don't get confused. There is a book called Zechariah, but this one isn't it. Zephaniah is a different book. It only has three chapters. And Israel was going through a very difficult period at this time. They, they thought, maybe God has forgotten about us. We are in a dark valley, and boy, we just don't even know if, if he's paying attention to us. And so Zephaniah delivered this word to them. Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17. The Lord your God is with you. He is a mighty warrior who saves. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will delight you with singing. Now, we have begun uh, four of us, today's the sixth, and so five days ago, we began a church-wide emphasis in which we're asking our entire church family to spread out in their own circles of relationships and say, God has blessed me, and so I want to bless you. God has been generous to me. I want to be generous to you. God has been gracious to me. I want to be gracious to you. 
But I think it is important for us to have driven deep into our minds that we aren't doing something for others that God already hasn't done for us. He doesn't commission us to go out and to love people, to care for people, before he first has loved us and cared for us. And so there are some sections in these verses I want to try to get to today. First, as, as he describes God's love for us, Zephaniah said that God's love is a with you kind of love. Look at the very first line that there he says, the Lord your God is with you, or your translation may say among you. What Zephaniah was communicating is, look, there are some people who treat us in certain ways as if we have to earn their favor. They, they sort of hold us at a distance or give us the cold shoulder unless we perform in certain ways. And when we perform in those certain ways or we meet a certain level of status, then they will give their, their love to us. Zephaniah said, God is not at all like that. God is not at all like someone who says, well, I'm waiting to see if I will decide to love you or not. Zephaniah said God's love is a with you kind of love. When I was in college at Mississippi State, the BSU constantly was raising money for summer missions to send students all over the world to serve for eight to ten weeks in in Christian ministry. And one of the activities that we did this particular year was a skate-a-thon. Now, I am, not, I am not a good skater. I am not really coordinated except on the dance floor when I'm breaking it down. But on the skating rink floor, I am, and I look, I can do it, people. But on the skating rink floor, I was, I was not very coordinated. But the women just kept asking, Gary, please come. It's not going to be any fun without you. And so I went around getting sponsors for the skate-a-thon. We were going to skate for four hours. And the very first person that I went to see, the very first people that I went to see, were the staff at First Baptist Church Startville. And so I went down there, told them what we were doing. And the student minister said, yes, I believe in that. And he gave me two $100 bills. And so I said, thank you so much, Jeff, and I stuck that money in my pocket. That was right after classes on that particular afternoon. And then when I finished up the day and was getting undressed in the dorm room, I reached into my pocket to try to get those two $100 bills, and I could not find them. And so I thought, what have I done with that money? And so I went, I went down to the car to look maybe to see if, if I had put it in the little glove compartment or something like that. The money wasn't there. I walked the pathway of, of where I had been thinking, well, there's no way that, it, that the money is still going to be there. You know, if somebody saw it, they picked it up and, and took it. But I didn't find the money. I, I drove back over to the parking lot at First Baptist Church Startville to see if maybe somehow I had dropped the money in trying to to get in the car or something like that, and I, I couldn't find the money anywhere, could not find those two $100 bills, and was in total despair, thinking, how am I going to replace this money? I, you know, it, Jeff has given it. I'm not, gonna, I'm not going back and asking him to give me more money. What am I going to do? And then, just in desperation, I reached back into my pockets. And you know, in some jeans... There's that little bitty pocket right there. I stuck my hand down in there, and there were those two $100 bills. I started, great is thy faith. I was so excited 
because I had found that money. Now, here's the reality. I was looking all over campus and Starkville for that money, but I already had it. There are a lot of people who are trying to perform and behave and promise, saying, God, please look at me. If I do all these things, will you love me? But they already have it. God's love is a with you kind of love. We don't earn it. We don't gain it. We have it. Not because we deserve it, but because God wants to give it. And so God's love is a with you kind of love. Next, what uh, Zephaniah said is he is a strong love. He is a mighty warrior who saves. God's love is a powerful love. God's love is able to break through the hardest hearts. God is able to warm the coldest hearts. God is able to do what we think he is unable to do because that's how strong his love is. During my days at Mount Vernon, we had someone in our church who worked in the legal system, and he called me and said, look, I'm going to send a guy out there to you, and um, he, he really needs somebody to talk with him. I said, tell me a little bit about his story. This guy, I, won't, I think he still lives here, so I'm not going to share his name, but I'll just call him Scott. That wasn't his name, but I'll say Scott. He said, Scott got kicked out of, the, out of the Marines because he was fighting all the time. Now, if they kick you out of the Marines because you are beating up other people, you're pretty tough. And then when he came here, he started getting into all sorts of legal trouble and just one, just one problem after another. And so I asked this man in our church, why do you think he will come? And he said, because I told him if he didn't come to see you, I was sending him back to parchment. Well, that's always wonderful when they you know, have this chance. In fact, the scene which had caused this latest trouble is Scott thought that someone at his wife's work was flirting with her. And the one redeeming quality that that Scott had was that he really loved his wife. He really had a strong love for her. And so he thought that someone was, was flirting with her at work. He had kind of gotten word, and he learned that this man spent his after-work hours at Buzzard's Tattoo Parlor. How many of you remember Buzzard's Tattoo? How many of you are customers at Buzzard's? <laughs> well, Scott heard that this guy spent his after work hours there and so he went into buzzards and he saw this guy and he immediately laid him out i mean one punch bam down and then hey what's going on bam bam scott starts beating up everyone hits buzzard hits his son blue jay and so he starts going around or hawk whatever his name was and he is just laying everybody in that building out. Somebody crawls to the phone, called 911. The first police officer arrived. He saw what he said, I'm waiting on backup. <laughs> and so after Scott had beaten everybody up, he just sat down and they took him off. And so he had to come see me. I went out and told Miss Joyce Betros and Miss Mary Jack Reeves, here is the code word. If you hear me say this, you call 911 immediately. Because I don't know if this guy's going to come in and be angry. That afternoon, the office door opened, 
And Miss Joy said, <coughs> Gary, someone's here to see you. And I walked around, and there was this mountain. Six, four, six, five, solid muscle. He came into my office, and he wanted nothing to do with me. I said, well, you know, we have to be here for an hour. If you don't want to talk, I will. And so I began talking about Jesus and his love for us. And Scott, the, he never even made eye contact with me. He had his arms on the, the rest of the chair and didn't even look my direction, didn't really even acknowledge that I was there. In a moment of inspiration, I'm convinced the Holy Spirit reminded me of Scott's love for his wife. And there's a passage from the book of Isaiah that said that God looks at the people that he created like a groom looks at, her, at his bride on their wedding day. And I read that verse and I said, Sean, uh, Scott, whoops, <laughs> Scott, uh, Sean, if you're watching, everything's good, buddy. And so um, I said, hey, tell me how you felt on your wedding day. And he said, man, I, I was just, for the first time he began talking with me. And he said, I could not believe someone that beautiful would love me. And I read that verse and said, that's what God says about how he loves you. And he put his head back down and he started to shake on the arms of that chair. I slid down behind my desk just in case the chair was coming over. Tears streaming down his face, he said, could God really love me that way? What could I do to make God love me that way? And I said, his love is a with you love, and Sean, it's strong enough to change you. Now, it wasn't that afternoon, but three weeks later, he decided that he was going to start going to church with his wife. And one Sunday morning, he walked straight down the aisle and said, I need Jesus to change me. And he's a changed man today. God's love is a powerful love. Don't ever give up on anybody. Because that's giving up on God. And he's strong enough to change whoever. So God's love is a with you kind of love. It is a powerful love. Third, the Bible says that God's love is a delighting love. He will rejoice over you with gladness. In every one of our lives, we have some people that we kind of have to tolerate. They're people whose company we don't particularly enjoy. We, ra we would rather not spend any time with them at all, but either because of family connections or work association or school connections or something like that, we have to be around these people. And maybe even we would begrudgingly say, I do love them, but I just don't like them. God not only loves us, he likes us. When we pray to him, when we want to spend time with him, when we serve him, God does not roll his eyes and say, hurry up, get it over with. 
God delights in us. Now, I don't in any way mean to communicate that God says, well, look, I delight in you so much. You just live however you want, and that'll be fine with me. Sometimes you may hear people say something like, well, I don't think a loving God would, and then you fill in the blank. I'm going to tell you, God loves us too much to leave us the way that we are. He wants to bring changes to our lives, and his, his love is powerful enough to do it. God's love is a with-you kind of love. God's love is a strong, powerful love. It is able to change what we think is impossible. God's love is a delighting love. And then next, the Bible says in the, in the next line, God will quiet you with his love. God's love is a tender love. God knows how to gather us to himself when we are hurting. Maybe some of you had dads or grandparents and they never ver verbalized the words, I love you, to you. Maybe they left that to your mom or your grandmother. And so during those times when you would, when you would fall and get hurt, when you were brokenhearted, when you felt rejected, when you were lost and wandering, you went to your mom to share the, the tender parts. God's a dad who knows how to be tender too. When we are wailing in our sorrow and hurt and pain, what the word says is that he will quiet you with his love. He says, shh, you come here, I understand. I know it. God's love is a tender love. And then it, the Bible finishes by saying that God's love is a singing love. Have you ever just burst into song when something good happened? I mean, you, I mean, you just spontaneously erupt in singing a song. That's what God does when he thinks about the people that he has created. When we get to heaven, those of us who know Jesus... I wonder if God will say, sit down, here's the song that I wrote about you. When you would pray, when, when I would watch over you, here's the song that I wrote about you. That's the God who blesses us. And because he is good to us, he sends us out to be good to others with the ministry of Jesus Christ. Philip's going to come, and he and Jackson are going to lead us in a closing song of commitment today. And I don't ever like to finish up a service without reminding people that the way that we experience the fullness of what God desires to give to us is through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Coming to church isn't what makes you a Christian. Having a Christian mom and dad isn't what makes you a Christian. Trying to do good things isn't what makes you a Christian. Promising to do better isn't what makes you a Christian. It is our personal surrender to Jesus Christ, looking at the cross where he died, saying, he did that for me. 
so that I could be forgiven of my sins and then be brought into the family of God. If anyone is here today, man, woman, college student, teenager, boy or girl, who has questions about beginning a relationship with Jesus, I would love to talk with you about that. If there are other things that you would like to pray about, I'll be here at the front for just a moment as we sing together. Philip, what are we going to sing today? Seek